Greetings, greetings once again. And we are here once again to bring you a beautiful message. So we're hoping that everyone enjoy. This is New Life with New Hope, the house of healing and restoration. And I am Bishop Dr. Charles E. Jones, Jr. And I am the senior pastor and overseer. And we are going to come to you with a very brief sermon. And it's the Easter celebration. And for those of you who listen to us, we thank you once again for tuning in. You can also reach us every Saturday at 2.30 p.m. here on the radio station. And you're more than welcome to visit us at 304 West Monroe Street, Carbondale, Illinois. And we have a we have a nice short service where we enjoy giving the most high praise and worship and we get into the scriptures and we have a blessed day. But how many are so happy to really know the meaning of what Easter is all about? Although many adults who do know the real meaning overlook the fact that children may not know and for those of the children that do know the real meaning they want to deprive them for participating in Easter festivities which I don't really agree with I think they should be kids and let them enjoy and have fun with other children or peers of their, their age do anybody agree with that Now, Easter is a joyful end to the Lenten season of fasting and penitence, which is the action of feeling or showing sorrow and regret for having done wrong. In other words, repentance. Okay, now let's understand what Lenten is about. It is a period of 40 days during which Christians remember the events leading up to and including the death of Yeshua or Jesus Christ, whose life and teachings are the foundation of Christianity. Now, the 40-day period is called Lent after an old English word meaning lengthen. It is time... Actually, it is a time of reflection and of asking for forgiveness. And when Christians prepare to celebrate the Messiah's resurrection at the Feast of Easter, which comes at the very end of Lent, millions of people can do this as a sign of sacrifice and attest their self-discipline. Many believe that it is to represent your shoes, your own sacrifice of when he went into the desert to pray and fast for the 40 days before later dying on the cross in the Bible's New Testament. While Jesus was there, Satan tempted him to turn away from God and worship him instead. What our Savior refused to do which is why people might give something up in order to test their own self-discipline 
as well. You know, give up a favorite food, a favorite uh, whatever it is that you hold dear. They give it up for that reason. Now, this event ends with Holy Week, which leads to Easter Sunday, which we all know that this day marks the resurrection of our own beloved Savior and Redeemer after his death on the cross and is a celebration of his life. Somebody say hallelujah. And what I love about it is that all the way up until this time, there was like I said, many events took place. You had the Messiah washing feet, washing the disciples feet. You had the Last Supper and other different events they were that were taking place. Him riding, riding in on an ass coat or donkey. And the same palm leaves that they lay down and he rolled on later became a memorial for they burnt them into ashes. And on Ash Wednesday, they will put it on their on their foreheads to symbolize his death on a cross. One of the things I really love about this time of season, the celebration in which our Savior, who volunteered to leave his heavenly kingdom, I said his, his fathers, they are as one. And all, he left all his riches, all his royalty and power and greatness and glory to come all the way down in a mortal body and become as we were. Remember the scripture, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And that precious word dwelt among us, even in this fleshly body. So despite what men or women thought about him or what they may felt about him, he never broke character because he knew who he was and what his goal was and by all means necessary to make sure that we have eternal life. That is if we truly want it, which was to offer us everything that he left home from to give us that same privilege. Somebody ought to say that I thank you for that. That's a blessing. Everything he left home, he offered us a part of it. I don't know about you, but that's someone that's well deserving of a purple heart, as they will say in the military. Another thing I like about it is a scripture that says that if that I if I be lifted up, will draw all men to, to me. So when they laid them, laid him on the ground to nail him to the tree, cross, or whatever you want to call it, the soldiers should have left him down there. <laughs> but instead, they raised him up. And immediately, like the scripture said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Well, guess what? This started right there immediately because remember he had two malefactors 
with him, one on each side. One speaking negativity and the other speaking repentance and ashamed of what they've done. Remember, he said, this man has done nothing wrong, but we deserve our death. And what he was doing with the power of the Most High, what the the power of the Heavenly Father was doing, drawing that man. Because he even asked him, he was like, even on his deathbed, on his di- at his dying hour. And it wasn't enough that the man was repenting for what he did, but even asked the Messiah, when you go into your kingdom, will you remember me? In other words, can I come with you? And the Messiah said, this day shall you be with me in paradise. Somebody say hallelujah. It was prophesied before the Messiah came to earth. And from the time he was in Miriam's belly, which is his mother's uh, Hebrew name, which means Mary. Um, even before he was in the belly, things were, it was already prophesied. But from the moment he was in the womb, Mankind, humanity, mortality, spiritual leaders, spiritual people began to see heavenly spiritual wonders that may prove that may proof that the prophecy was being fulfilled. And even as the Messiah was going to take his last breath, spiritual things yet <laughs> continue to happen. One incident that has been prophesied, he was not going to be in a grave that long. And there was a man named Joseph who allowed the Messiah, our Savior, the Holy One and Chosen One, to borrow his brand new tomb. They just made it, just built it. What, who does that? Who alone their brand new, just built tomb that's for themselves when they die to someone else? Obviously, someone who followed the prophecy and knew what manner of man this was to do so. They always said it was natural first and then spiritual. Because when the day came for Jesus, Yeshua, to rise up, they already appointed men to watch the tomb. And when I say rise up, that means he was dead and a moment for him to rise like he, he has already spoke of. So they sent men to watch the tomb in fear that his disciples would come by night and take the Messiah's body away. But and it would prevent a bigger uproar saying, oh, he was telling the truth. He said he was going to die and he was going to rise up and the people were going to be really losing their minds. But guess what? <laughs> that didn't stop. That didn't stop the job because when the angel or angels rolled the tomb away and sat on it and asked the women when they came early in the morning looking for him, 
and didn't even have a night. Well, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to jump too fast. But anyway, when the women came to look for him, there was an angel there that was sitting on the on the uh, on the stone, and he asked them, "Why are you looking for the living among the dead?" Hmm. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Go tell Peter and the other disciples and you yourselves also to go to a place where I'll tell you where. But remember, he told you that when he rose up, you will see him. If he's alive, why are you here at the cemetery? That's only for the people that's dead. Am I right? If he's alive, why are you here? If he's alive, that means he holds the keys to death and hell, like he said. <laughs> and he is, he was alive. He is alive. He's yet alive now. Since he's alive, he was able to say to death, Where's your sting? An old grave, where's your victory? For I have the keys to both death and hell. Oh, yes. If he's alive, then he was on his way after the 40 days that he was down here on earth to go prepare a place for us like he told him he was going to do, that where he is, we may be also. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that, in, isn't that encouraging? Hope. That's new hope. That's giving you new hope. If he's alive, what are people still walking around walk in any kind of way they want to and still don't want to repent thinking they can do whatever they want to and yet go to heaven any kind of way. But if that was so, then an innocent man would not have shed his own blood for the entire world so each individual can have eternal life. Nobody's exempt. If he's alive, <laughs> I'm still going by that thought. If that rained, I'm sure in that in their ears. If he's alive, why are you looking for him? If he's alive, if he's alive, I'm gonna live the way he wants me to, and the way his word tells me to. Because in the book of Revelation, he tells them their need, which is you need to be either hot or cold. But since you are neither, though I wish you were one of the two, but since you're lukewarm, I have to spew you out of my mouth. Mm -mm -mm. If he's alive... I'm going to live so I can make it to heaven so I can hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Instead of depart from me, 
you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. If he's still alive, I will keep serving him and praying that he saves our loved ones. And since he's still alive, I'm leaving him to heal our bodies, ease the pain. Why? Because he's able to do that. He's not dead. He's no longer in the grave. He's alive. If he's alive and still alive, I believe he can heal households, broken hearts, drive confusion away. If he's still alive, I know there's room to fix marriages, bring people back in harmony the way they should be. Somebody say, if he's still alive, like the scarecrow, I mean a lion in the Wizard of Oz, they was asking him, do you believe? And he ran out screaming, I believe, I believe, I do believe. Oh, yes, I believe. Because I feel him on the inside of me. I see him in my everyday walks. I see him when he opened up doors when I know that no man could do. He opens up doors and he make ways. He does so many wonderful things for us. So, yes, I do believe. Oh, I believe. I believe. If he's still alive, he could save our households. You could save. And when I say you can save, I'm referring to him. He could save our sons and our daughters and our family members. Because. He even gave the centurion soldiers that hung him to the cross, that beat him, that whipped him, spit on him, whipped him with horse whips. He even gave them a chance to make it into the kingdom of heaven. And they weren't dumb. Remember when they hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour until it got so dark Somebody said it got so dark you can cut it with a knife. <laughs> but it got so dark. And then the earth began to shake. And the graves began to open up. But nobody wasn't allowed to come out yet. Because he had to be the first fruit of the dead. But the temple rent. From the top to the bottom. And many things was taking place. It got so scary to the sin to one of the centurion soldiers screamed out, surely he must be the son of God. That says a lot. If he's still alive, I know. Somebody ought to say that. Somebody ought to say within yourself if you're in the room by yourself you ought to just close your eyes and just say if he's still alive I know he can work on me 
and work on my mind and take out this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Work on my attitude. Work on my temper. Work on my insecurities. Work on my imperfections. Take out the bitterness. Take out the hatred. Restore the love that I once knew. Restore the happiness that I want to share or that I once shared. Give me back a new life. Give me a second feeling of new hope. I've been hurt so much. I'm asking you to let the healing start in my life right now on this day. By the time you hear this, the day of the resurrection is over, but you can still say you want to be resurrected like and revived like the memorial of Easter Sunday. Tell him, talk to him, say, let me love the way I need to love. Let me abide in your word so your word and you can abide in me. So I won't do the things I continue to do that I know isn't right. And I know you're not pleased with what I'm doing. You forgave the malefactor that was on the cross with you. Please forgive me right now. I repent every wrong that I've done. And I don't want to go back to the old me. And if I become or am the old me and I'm in denial and can't see it, fix me, please. Fix my mind. Fix my heart. Fix my life. Change me. Put me back together the way I need to be, the way I should be, the way I ought to be. I don't want to keep suffering in this life. I don't know who I'm talking to out here. I don't know who I'm talking to, but guess what? But only you know, and I don't want to know. I don't want to know who it is I'm just, I'm, I'm talking to. But I, I don't want to know that. I'm just going by what he's given me to say. Somebody feel life seems so hard. But suicide, my friend, is not the answer. Drugs isn't the answer. Alcohol isn't the answer. The simple thing is the answer, which is his word. If you could read at least a few verses each day. And he's been speaking to you already. He's been speaking to your mind. You hear those voices. You're thinking it's your conscience talking to you. But he's speaking to you. He's talking to your heart. He's talking to your mind. He's been speaking to you. But you're running. He says, stop running. Stop running. Instead, turn around and start walking to him. If he's alive, praise him like he's alive. Worship him like he's alive. Thank him that he's alive. And you're alive all because he's alive. You don't realize how many times he's saved your life. 
and for the things that you've done and doing. He saved your soul. Let him wash you inside out so you can live again. Whoever you are, wherever you are, tell him, I want to live again. I want to be happy again. I want to live happy again. I want to be holy. I want to live holy. I want to think holy. I know I can. Tell him hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Tell him hallelujah. Now tell him thank you for answering your prayers and for you being alive to ask for prayer and that he's still alive to grant you prayer. He's willing to grant all your prayer requests. He come down here. You think it's been speculated that he was down here 30 years, some 33 years. But those years that he was down here, you think he just volunteered to come down here? That was no vacation. But he knew that if he didn't come down and we were born, we would, knew, we would need a savior. We would need a redeemer. We would need someone that can, that can help us out of the sin because in the book of Gen the New Testament, the Old Testament, sorry, man was introduced to the laws and the commandments of the Father. And when they were introduced to us, our eyes were open to know what sin was. But the Messiah or Savior made a way for us to get out of it. Oh, Heavenly Father, bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Bless their households. Bless their situation. And bless their coming and their going. And bless them even forevermore. And we praise you. I am signing off the Bishop Dr. Charles E. Jones, Jr., Senior Pastor and Overseer of New Life with New Hope, the House of Healing and Restoration, located in Monroe, on Monroe Street. So be blessed in Carbondale. Be blessed. Be blessed. We love you all. And he loves you all. So stay tuned for our next sermon on Sabbath Saturday. 2.30 p.m.